Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Aaliyah Jones. And I have cramps. Like Krampus? No, <laughs> just, just cramps. Just cramps. Just cramps? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's not good. But what is good today is that we're going to be discussing another one of our remake, remake debate. debates. Yep. So, yes, we are going to be discussing Nightmare on Elm Street today, one of my favorite franchises, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. the first one is always going to be the scariest, and the second one, I think, to me, the second one's really good, but then after that, three is the best one, but the rest of them are just a little goofy, but that's what I like about them. See, that's that's one of my biggest critiques with the original Nightmare on Elm Street franchises, is that it starts off scary. For, yeah. its, for its time, it was horrifying, mm-hmm. but then over time, as you watch it, it starts to become a little bit more campy and comical than well, they show, scary. They want to show him out to the masses and make him a little more colorful with the audience. And you yeah, know, it's kind of weird, too, because he's a child murderer. Well, yeah, he's a child he, murderer in the original. Yeah, he plays so. as a child murderer, and yet he was so popular with children, so... <laughs> But that's, I think that's the problem, is that you lose a lot of the horror by being too funny. I mean, look what happened with the Child's Play franchise. Yeah. After, it, like, with Bride and Seed of Chucky, they made them too comical to mm-hmm. the point where, it, like, the kill scenes were even in themselves funny in some aspect. But it was like, you know, trying to go back to the basics. And I feel like when, you know, talking about Child's Play, when you watch curse and cult of chucky that's when they got back to like okay we're gonna make this dark again we're gonna make it scary he's a killer doll yeah and even with freddy like after all the original nightmare on elm street sequels wes craven wanted to come back and make another one so he made wes craven's new nightmare yeah Yeah. which it was really good and it brought back to freddy being very scary and less funny and a little maniacal and like sadistic and mm-hmm. he was just perfect there was just the the perfect freddy movie i think besides the first one so before we really get into it i mean feel like we kind of just dove a little bit into this already but yeah i wanted to welcome some new people to the podcast who some imaginary friends no what are oh. you talking about well, like, anyway there's, there's no one here besides us well no i'm talking about our new listeners because like oh, okay because as we've mentioned before we we're, our our podcast is still growing. It's small and it's slow and it's steady, but we're getting mm-hmm. there. And I've been noticing lately, like our audience is expanding to other, like I said, other parts of the world. Yes. So last time I mentioned this, I welcomed a lot of people from. Let's see. A lot of people from Australia, Canada, France, and Germany. Yes. Ireland, which I feel like I messed up the last time. I said Italy. I always wanted to go to Ireland. Yes, and, and I so welcome. Do I. I welcome people from Ireland to our podcast. All right, but who and are the new people? Si- well, Singapore I mentioned last time, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting for us. Yes, and I don't know if I mentioned this recently, but we got new audiences from Switzerland yes. and the Dominican Republic. So we welcome you all to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show, and we hope you enjoy everything that we have planned, you know, going forward. Thank you. Yes. Is there anything you wanted to talk about off topic before we get into the main topic of discussion? Not really. I might as well get. To, I let's just get to the point. Okay. So today, like I said, we, we were gonna we're gonna do another remake debate about Nightmare on Elm Street. Colin's gonna talk about the Wes Craven original from what year? Uh, 1984. And then I'm going to cover the 2010 remake. Yes. 
And I think for me, what I like to say is actually 19 out of all the 80s movies, out of all the years in the 80s that were the best years, especially for movies. For me personally, 1984, not not 1984, (laughs) no. Uh, 1984 is actually, for me, I think it's the best year of movies because you have some of the most talked about movies of all time always being talked about in popular culture. Can you you name some, aside from Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes, Ghostbusters, Karate Kid, Gremlins. Okay, you're you're listing standard 80s movies. I was thinking horror movies. Oh, horror movies. Silent Night, Deadly Night, The, The Initiation. Sleepaway Camp was 83, so no, not on that. Um, the Children of the Corn. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, there was a there was a bunch of good ones. Oh, Firestarter. Okay. Firestarter. Yeah, there was a bunch of good horror movies that came out in 84 also. And a lot of them were Stephen King films. <laughs> I was going to say, because, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of our conversations and a lot of our... Of, uh, a lot of our discussions. A lot of our discussions and a lot of our... Um, facts that we've learned from the In Search of Darkness documentary. Like we said, it's on Shudder. You guys can go check it out. Please check it out because it's, it's a highly recommended it's a really, documentary. It's a really good it, it, documentary, especially if you're if you're a big fan of horror movies. 80s and, horror movies. Well, just horror movies in general. In general yeah. And you like the behind-the-scenes stuff, like not just like the imagery, but I the special... I like about it, too. But the special effects, the artwork... The stories, the directing, the producing, like all of the behind the scenes stuff is talked about in a wide variety of different es- experts, like a lot of different directors, producers, special effects artists. Of how they got their stories, of how they got to work on these special effects, the, the just everything that they did for the movies, you get to see behind the scenes of how they made it so yeah. good. And that's what I love about it. And just... For for me also, I love when Wes Craven would talk about his story of how he started with Nightmare on Elm Street uh-huh. and read about how it was based on a true story, which I, for years, thought it would never be, you know, based off a true story, especially as crazy of a story as Nightmare on Elm Street uh-huh. is. I never thought that would be a true story, but I looked into it and I saw what Wes Craven was talking about and it blew my fucking mind too, especially yeah. with the family that he read about. Oh yeah, because I think yeah. isn't the original story supposedly like a child had was like a teenage son, yeah. a teenage boy was killed in his sleep, yeah. like and not not from any outside source. He literally was so afraid of what he was seeing in his dreams that it killed him, like gave him a heart and, attack or and something. His parents were so worried about him, and he was just not sleeping at all. He was just like be up for days and days and days, and coffee and all that stuff would help him stay awake. Oh, yeah. And And that's, that's, see, that's one of the things about, you know, sleep that we don't realize is that the body needs to sleep. It needs to be recharged in some way. It's like a battery. But in this case, the body doesn't need to die, so. Well, we kind of do. It's the whole purpose of life. Well, what happened with this kid next, afterwards? What what happened to him was unnatural, yes, but it's like the, the, the point of this, the point of the whole movie is that we need sleep. And you think that, like, you know, we're safest when we're asleep. Mm-hmm. Nothing really happens to us in our dreams because they're not real. Unless, so, yeah. so True. you know, you think that, okay, if I'm asleep, I'm fine. Like, I'm safe. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of get that notion because sometimes I use sleeping as a way to, like, pass the time. 
Yeah. In in some way, I know it doesn't. It's not relative to that aspect, but that's how I look at sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to pass the time. Like I get tired all the time, so I like sleeping. I love napping a lot. Oh yeah. So you were, you were napping last night, and I was like, oh. I heard I heard the the snoring. Oh, God. I was like, I'm just like, honey, I'm trying to watch something, and I was like, shh. And then well, you, close and the then door. You, and then you, no, no, you were in the living room. On the couch. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. People. She did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, okay. but, it, but it was so funny. I was just like, and I was like, shh. And then she was like, quiet. <laughs> and then she went back into it. Because you know what's funny? You know how you stop snoring? I turn up the volume on the TV and you stop <laughs> snoring. I turn it down and you went back snoring. <laughs> and then and so I turned it back up and did it back and forth and literally you just kept on going. I didn't even feel like I was sleeping when I was on the couch. Oh, you I you just, did. I just felt like my eyes were closed and I was just coasting. Oh, you were coasting all over the place with that snore. That right. snore was coasting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm since sorry. we've got yes. too off topic, why don't you yes. talk about why don't you talk about more about Nightmare on Elm Street the original? Well, all right, all right. Like so... what what are some concepts about the movie that you think or you know that made it such a success it made it such a success because no one has really ever made at the time especially a horror movie about um dreamscapes and dreaming in your move and dreaming in the movie and seeing it that it's actually coming true you know especially being killed in your sleep that's never really been done in a movie Mm -hmm. and this is the first movie that's ever done that and not only that the 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 killer coming out of the dream also when you grab a hold of him oh, and yeah. you come out waking up with him with you it's a whole different concept is i guess the point you're trying to make it's and, a different concept in which it's like yeah cuz when we when we see horror movies that are not related to that franchise it's like okay there's an outside force whether it be a killer or a supernatural phenomenon that's trying to kill people that's a threat in which you have to physically run away from. And but think, when the threat yeah. is within your dreams and you the only way to escape it is to stay awake. And like we talked about, you but the body needs sleep. The longer you go without it, the more your health starts to physically decline. But like and I, as we yeah. as we see in the original, like people have a hard time staying awake. They sometimes have a hard time with, you know, with the concept of what's real and what's not. In in the original, they they refer to dreams as this psychological phenomenon, and it is. I've I've read a couple of books about dreams and you know what they're about. Mm-hmm. The whole point of a dream it's a it's your subconscious showing you images that reflect things going on in your life. Like it could be things from. Things like your job, school, or home life. It can even show you things about, like, problems in your love life. You know, just things like that. And there are, like, books about dreams out there that can interpret what your images could possibly be about in your life that your mind might be tackling with. Good or bad. I mean, and like we said, physically they can't hurt you. No. But if they scare you so much that you force yourself to stay awake so you don't have these kinds of dreams, it could be very daunting. Yeah. So I like that in the original, they they emphasize how important sleep is for you and to go without it for such a long time. But let me tell you this. What? 
if I was in that original like movie, or even if that actually happened in real life, especially if you with, were... so I'm saying if in real life it's the same things were happening, just like in the movie, and literally, you know, there was a person that was like coming into your dreams and trying to kill you. Yeah, I probably would want to stay awake for 48 hours or so, so I don't want and... to, so I don't want to get killed. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing, and it, it's in like it's like this in both the original and the remake when the the victims involved know that there's a problem and they feel like the only solution is to not sleep and the people around them are like it's just a nightmare you need to go to sleep like no like there's a reason why these people are staying awake and the 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 physical percussions that happen to them as they sleep like the 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 stab wounds Mm -hmm. the burn marks it's like they don't just do these things to themselves. The gray hair They're, that start coming out, you know. Yeah, it's it's general fear for their lives and safety. Fear and, and stress, yes. Yeah, all that takes a toll on the person, and it, it, it's just one of the things where I feel like it's it's the most frustrating for a reviewer to watch. Mm-hmm. It's like how do they not see that something terrible is happening to them yeah. and, the, and the thing was too the parents were denying this also like especially yeah. nancy's parents because they knew about freddie and she tried to explain about him and they just thought oh baby it's just a dream you know yeah. and they never talked about him at first until later when she finds out is that they knew about it and that's the other red flag for me too it's like if nancy didn't know freddie personally before his death Mm-hmm. And this is this is the the original, not the remake. But if she didn't know Freddie prior to his death, how would she? How, know? Yeah. how would she have known him? Yeah. And why wasn't that such a major concern for people when when she first started mentioning him, or when the other kids started mentioning him? Because they're like, well, wait, they never met Freddie. Yeah. How no, would they? How would they have known him? But the parents did. The parents knew him. Yeah. They knew him as you know? just like this murderer, this guy who just goes up and sw- grabs kids and kill them. Yeah. You know? And the crazy part is is that, um, you remember in the original when they were talking about they put him in the court and someone forgot to put a warrant the, on it? Like they didn't the, write... Yeah, the judge never signed a warrant for his arrest, so he was able to walk away. So what if that was like on purpose though? Or he, how can any judge forget to do that? That's supposed to be like their job. See, that's a plot hole that we could have covered like, in a plot hole killer episode. If the there's ju- there's yeah. a lot of plot holes in the original that I feel like we can cover an entire episode of the podcast. Plot hole on Elm Street, basically. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the plot holes of Elm Street, like. Yeah. Oh my god, a there's plot, so many. A plot hole on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> and I I one of the biggest and this is just one, this is just me, but like one of my biggest issues with the original is the ending. Yeah, I like, mean, I get you that. You both Okay, you go through this whole movie. How what's the runtime for it? About 91 minutes. 91 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So you go through 91 minutes of this struggle, this battle, this fight against sleeping and then you you booby trap your whole house and in, in hope of catching him and arresting him or putting him away. And then, let me get to my point. Okay. So you do all this. You go through this whole work only for him to kill your mother and then to find out the the true method of putting him away is to just forget about him. So what was the whole point of buying exactly. all that Home exactly. Depot shit? Exactly. And she was basically home aloneing like Robert yes. Englund, well, Freddie, before Home Alone came out. 
But the problem is, is like you just realize that he's not real. Yeah. You 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 act like he's not alive, and that your friends weren't all just massacred by this so, evil entity so of she a nightmare. Ended it in the beginning by saying you're not real. You could have just well, she just tried to yeah. say that in the beginning too, like it's only a dream. And he everybody, really everybody it. told her it's just a dream. It's not real. All she had to do was do that from the very beginning. I feel like if everybody had just told him, like, you're just a dream, you're not real, yeah. I'm not going to worry about it, that takes away all of his power, all of his energy. Mm-hmm. And you just realize that at the very last minute. And then as she leaves the room after Freddy disappears, she walks into this other dreamscape bullshit of this, like, foggy, sunny day. Yeah. Where her mom is alive, her friends are alive, and she gets into this car with the the hood pops up, and it's mm. a green and red strip. What is that about? Well, you know what's funny? What does that mean? The thing I didn't get either is that it was a sunny day, but why the fuck was it foggy? That's when I knew I was yeah, like... Yeah, they don't even has... acknowledge, like, the fog, and I I'm like, like... that has to be a dream, like... But, like, what was the whole point of that? I don't know, I mean... And then, and then, and then, in... The second or third movie, they never explain how she got out of that dream. Like, if that was all a dream yeah, that is worked true. by Freddy, how the hell did that happen? But how did she, she get out of it? Well, yeah, but she did go on with her life. And I mean, not really having a good relationship with her father well, right after that. And not only that, she went to college, too. So, Well, so so we find out in the third movie now... Her her parent her mom is still dead. Her friends are still dead. She still went through that whole ordeal of Freddie being the murderous entity in her dreams. And she was a counselor. And, but still, it's like then then you just discard the fact that that ending had happened. Yeah. And that that was all a dream. That she waltzed in there, and it seemed like inevitable. Like, like, she's trapped in a car. How the hell is she going to get out? Yeah, and she tried to keep saying to her mother, you know, screaming for her help. And the mother just looked at it like it was nothing. And then she got sucked into the door in the most which, which, goofiest of fashions, and it was but okay. A, in which it was a mannequin. Like no, it's a, a blow-up doll. Yeah, it's a blow-up doll. It's a blow-up doll of the mother. Which I thought I know. was a mannequin, but it was a blow-up doll. But That's why I like the ending to the remake a yeah. lot better. They cut all that bullshit out, like, you're not real, or whatever. Like... They just go with the fact that, like, okay, if we can pull him out of the dream and kill him, that should end the whole thing. That's what they should have done in the original, but he didn't... original by trying to killing him there, too. But it was a different way, because he seemed more magical than really human. In the remake? In the original. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But it's still, the whole ending just doesn't make sense to me. That's just my opinion. You know, it's funny. I see it now and I get what you mean and everything. But It's frustrating. But, it's frustrating. But so you know much. what? I got to say for a movie like that, especially in a low budget and for a company that was starting out really small too, mm-hmm. New Line Cinema, that movie helped that company become such a million dollar corporation and helped really to spawn a, a generation of more slasher films. Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street did, and it just was a one of the most to me. It was one of the most entertaining horror films ever, and and uh, and my favorite thing about the movie, which I always liked about the movies, is the music score. And the music yeah, the score, music score is always the iconic part of the whole 
And Nightmare on Elm Street is no different. And this music score I mean, for and the music score for this movie was just perfect. The keyboard synthesizer see, work, yes. I, I feel like too that if I didn't have to worry so much about copyright infringement, we would do a whole episode of guessing horror movie scores. That yes. that's a fun concept, Ooh. but of, of course we have to worry about copyright infringement. But yeah, I know, but still That's besides the point. What if we do it with our mouths? Like do da do da do da do da like Eh. No, I feel like it would have the same issue as the music lyric quiz we did a while back, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like you're just reading the lyrics without the And I'm the, just reading the, the music score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. But um uh, but no, but it's a great it's to me it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's so entertaining and so scary and just it was just so funny. Like I said before, it definitely, um, the part where she's setting up all those booby traps, I feel like that was like way, that was way before Home Alone. And it yeah, was so funny and, how they did that. And that's another thing too, is like, she sets all this up and he still like walks into every single one of them. I'm like, what? If, if he if he's a if he's an entity that lives within your mind and your dreams, wouldn't he have known all that? Why did he just still like waltz right into every single booby trap? That's okay. the thing I didn't really like either. But, that, but that's a thing, kind of like the same thing with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He comes out of the dream and he's human. So he probably doesn't know everything of what the person's doing, just like in the original. Well, obviously he knew about their plan. Oh. That's why he got rid of... Well, he didn't get rid of Quentin, but he dis- di- disabled him long enough to try to go after Nancy. But he still lived, right? Well, we'll get into that, but oh. yeah. Wait, does he die? He does. Not exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, cool. and that's the thing too. Um, I got I I watched the remake kill count on Dead Meat, mm-hmm. the YouTube channel. Yeah. It's a good channel, by the way. I would check it out if you if you're and interested he, in that kind of thing. And we met him before, James ja- Agenice. James Agenice and his... Girlfriend. Yeah. Which, Chelsea. Chelsea, right? Yeah, yeah. They're both really cool people. They're really they're nice. So, cool. so the ending to the remake goes like this. So they kill Freddy in the real world, and they burn down the preschool. And I don't know if anybody caught the ending, but when paramedics show up, someone yells out, there was no b- dead body found. And then it ends with Freddy busting through a mirror and killing Nancy's mom. I get why people don't like remakes, but for me, it's like... Mm. When they when they made the remake for Nightmare on Elm Street, I kind of liked the direction that they went. Because a child killer, while it's, you know, scary and terrifying, a child molester is just as evil, if not sinister enough, as a child killer. Yeah, so that's what they did not, for this movie. Because you're not only committing a very serious and, like I said, sinister act towards children. You're traumatizing them for life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, they, they eventually forgot about the whole incident and never remembered Freddy until all the events occurred in a remake. But the thing I like about remakes that I feel like they don't normally do in the originals is that they hold up that mirror for for you for the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, it's not all sunshines and rainbows. This kind of thing happens in real life. Yeah. You know, predators like Freddy or um John Wayne Gacy or, you know, other examples in life. These are the type of people 
that you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Not just people who kill ch- children, but people who molest children and do unspeakable acts of harm and violence towards them. And it's that's it's things like the Halloween remake and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake that I find refreshing is that they they put that image in your face. It's like it's not just cut and dry. This yeah. is what really happens in real life. And I like it. So, do you want have any more to say about the original before I go into the remake? Uh, not really. Other than, you know, you know, I've like it's you a, you all heard what I said. Yeah, it's so. a, it's a cult classic. I'm not I'm not yeah, downing cult, on the It's a cult classic and it made a lot of money. Yeah. It made a lot of money. It was one of like it's actually um It's one not, of the most popular horror movie franchises of exactly. our time. And it's also 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. No. I'm not going to go into Rotten Tomatoes. This is not that kind of podcast, but I, know, I have but very still. strong feelings against Rotten Tomatoes, which Here is why we go. I'm not going to get into them. That's right. why my ratings are IMDb, Metacritic, and Google users. So, I mean, they're not as they're not as popular as I would like them to be, but here we go. So the runtime for the remake was an hour and 35 minutes. That's about a 90 minute long movie. Rated R. IMDB gave it a 5.2 out of 10. Ouch. Metacritic gave it a 35%. Mega ouch. But 77% of Google users like this movie. And like I said, I like the direction that they went. It's a more darker and grittier version of Freddy that we don't see even in the first movie. Like, he was dark and he was evil, but he wasn't that serious. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, I still feel like when I watch the original, it's like, I can't take this guy seriously. Um, The budgeting for it was $35 million, and in the box office, it made $115.6 million, hmm. which is a very good success. It, like, it, it, like I said, did well in the box office, but over time, people didn't really appreciate the the remake. They thought they had a lot of negative things about it, and I think mm. the, the the aspect that they took away the child killer motive and made him a child molester made it unfavorable to audiences. But you know what? That's everybody's opinion. It was directed by Samuel Bayer and produced by Michael Bay, Andrew Form, and Brad Fuller. And Michael Bay, we all know, is like well known for the Transformer movies and a lot of action movies. But his production company is what um platinum dunes they they produced the movie on it was released in april 30th 2010 and it stars jackie earl haley kyle gallner rooney mara and katie cassidy who we've seen in other horror movie remakes too katie cassidy can't remember which one she was in but yeah i've seen i know i've seen her face before and I know there's a lot of differences between the original and remake and i think the biggest one is the fact that and like I like I like we did in the last episode, I'm just gonna go through the plot a bit mm-hmm. just so I can point out the differences. So the biggest difference is the opening scene when they're at the diner and we we meet this new guy, Dean, who we've never saw before. And he's the first victim of the movie. And I think what's interesting about him is like He's not the glue that held everybody, but he's definitely the domino, the first domino that falls amongst the others. And it's funny, him yeah. who plays Dean, too, he was in Twilight. Oh, yeah, he played Emmett. Yeah. I remember He was one of the glowing vampires. Yeah. The glitter ones. But his death, I mean, his his 
screen time alone was very, very brief. Good. <laughs> but I feel like at the same time, like, I get... I get his reasoning for being in the movie, but I don't think it was really necessary. I don't think so. Because Tina in the original, who Chris, uh, Katie Cassidy's character plays, you know, essentially Tina's character in the original, but her name is Chris, so we're going to let that one slide. But she's Dean's girlfriend. Yeah. And once after his death is when she starts seeing the weird visions and the weird dreams and they, it's like I said, it's like a domino effect. <laughs> Yeah, I think the one thing also I didn't like about the the remake too is that they changed the characters' names. I mean, Nancy was still in it, but there was no Glenn, there was no Tina, there was no Rod. They was... they were there, but they were under different names. Yeah. So Glenn became Quentin, who's played by Kyle Gallner, who was in Jennifer's Body. He was in a bunch of those type yeah. of like horror teen movie type of things. Yeah, like Jennifer's Body. Yeah, he was an interesting cat. Yeah. So he he essentially played Glenn's character. There was a guy named Jesse who essentially played Rod's character. And then we have Chris who was supposed to be Tina. The only the only people's names who didn't change was Nancy and Freddie. Yeah. Which I guess Yeah. You can't you gotta I, keep, I, those are iconic names, especially I know. for that movie. But they still remade the the iconic scenes from the original, like yeah. Uh, Tina floating around the room in her death scene. Which that was cool. And they the, still kept that. The the vision of her in the body bag in school. And also the thing too is when uh, Nancy's taking a bath and the claw comes out of the yeah. bath. Yeah, they took a different spin on that because in the original, when Freddie's hand comes up, they drown her. He and, he yeah. dragged her down to the tub. Yeah. But in this one, you see it. It pulls back when her mom knocks on the door. Yeah. And then she. When she goes into her room, she, and that's when bad she. Nothing bad happened to her. Well, no, but that's yeah. when she first real like, like I said, she goes into her room, and it's like snowing. Yeah. She walks among like she walks onto the the field where the preschool is, mm-hmm. and that's when she starts to get a sense of like, okay, this is a dream, but like like I said, I f- I like the way that they handled the like, um, the micro naps. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like with the remake, they looked at it more realistically when it term in terms of like how important sleep is and what the mind does to you when you lose sleep. Like you go through the different stages of like hallucinating and you know just falling asleep on while standing. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really do that much. They they talked about a few like cultural aspects of what dreams are. But they never really applied them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you hear Glenn quoting it throughout the second half of the movie, but they don't really apply it until that very end. Mm-hmm. You know, which is dumb. But with with the remake, they took a more realistic route, which I liked. And I don't get the Pied Piper reference. Like, what was the whole point? I think the Pied Piper was like, because the Pied Piper lure... Um, the rats in the story lure the rats out and everything. I think the Pied Piper in this situation was trying to lure the children. True. Lure that's... the children so he can kill them. And that was the other thing about Freddy Krueger's backstory that I actually liked. It was the fact that they made... Because, I mean, when you watch the movie, the remake, and you see Jackie Earl Haley's makeup and stuff as Freddy, like... The, the whole goal of it was they wanted to make him look like a realistic burn victim. I mean, not for nothing, and I know it was a different time for the original, 
but it didn't look too realistic for Robert Engelin's Actually, makeup. It, it did kind of because well, for he looked, you looks like a boiled burn victim. But the point of the remake was like it needs to look a little bit more real. Yeah. I like the different direction they went with the makeup because it looks a little bit more realistic. It's just like he looks like a tree where it looks like he was like sanded. You know, it looks like they sanded his face. But when you when you see the flashback when Fr- Nancy's mom goes through the whole origin of what who Freddy was and why mm-hmm. he. How he has that connection with their lives and everything. No. You see Jackie Earl Haley without all the makeup. He looks like a humble, everyday person. Yeah. Like, you, you you look at him and you don't think to yourself, oh, this is a child molester. He's just, a you know, like an everyday Joe. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when you start to imply that he's done these things and it kind of paints a different picture of him, it, it still doesn't remove the fact that, like, you're like an everyday person. Like, mm-hmm. you don't look at him and... And that I think that's where the, the seed of doubt in Nancy and Quentin's head started. When it was like, you know, did you ever find the cave that we mentioned? Or was there any proof or evidence that this was going on? And she was just like, well, no, but you kids were all acting weird after a while. And we just, fig- you know, we put the... We connected the dots and just assumed. And that's when it was like, oh, well, shit. We could have been lying about all that shit. Because they're five-year-olds. Have yeah. you ever talked to a five-year-old and heard some of the craziest shit that they say? I was the same way, but no. Um, oh. Yeah, no. Sometimes you can never take a child that seriously. And it's just bizarre. But, like, that's where Quentin and Nancy get this idea, like, well, shit, maybe he's not, maybe he's targeting us. Because we lied about the whole thing and because our parents killed them because of it. Hmm. That's where you start to kind of plant that little seed of doubt. Until, of course, they find actual evidence that he was molesting them. Which is even the most scariest part. Was that, you know, you start to believe, like, oh my god, we actually were. And that's, that's that's the scary thing about the original. Is that, you know. The truth comes out about what he did to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. I mean, from... Because molestation is not fun. Yeah, I mean, because from, from the time, like, from the beginning of the movie up until they find the preschool picture, mm-hmm. and it, Nancy's mom tells them the story, they have no idea who this Freddy guy is. They don't even remember who he was or being at that preschool, let alone. Then you hear the story and the fact that they never found any evidence or proof... And then seeing what they had done to him. Because Quentin has this dream vision thing of what happened to Freddy when their parents attacked him. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it it almost makes you feel bad. Because the guy is literally being hunted down for something that they, like I said, have no proof over. And then it makes you think, well, shit, maybe it's not true. Yeah. And then you find the actual proof in the Polaroid pictures that they find in that cave that they were mentioning. And it's like, oh, shit. He's killing us because we told the truth. And now we're... <laughs> like, it's still messed up when you think about it. But it's like, that, that's the thing about remakes that I like. They take a very dark turn. And I gotta give a little bit credit to the original movie when it comes to the different methods of killing with freddy kills these kids because he doesn't just use the the glove all the time like in the remake did you could do different things yeah 
And he's done like, that within each movie, too. There's always yeah. a really cool way he killed I mean, kids. I mean, with Tina, he used the glove. Yeah. With Jesse, or Rod, he used the the blanket. He hung him up with the blankets in this jail cell. And you know what's funny? With Glenn, he fucking blended him like a smoothie and shot him through his bed. Yeah, the hole through the bed yeah. and the blood coming onto the ceiling. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking Yeah, and nuts. with Nancy's mom, she he practically burned her alive. And he also looked like he raped her, too. No. Just burned her alive. Just looked like she was hum- he was humping her. Well, because he was a, he was like the Burning Man, Colin. He was set ablaze. I, know. I mean, he could have probably tried stabbing her while he was on top of her, but it, at the same time, he was burning alive. I mean, if I saw Nancy's mom, I'd be burning too. I mean, come on. <laughs> anyway, my point is, is that it's <laughs> it's a different it's a different spin than a, the remake, whereas like all the scenes. Was used, I mean, with the exception of Dean, because Dean, which is a different way of doing it, but everybody else was, like, killed with the but, finger glove. But do you know what I loved about, especially Freddy's killings in the original movies? He would take different things of what the kids were afraid of or what they liked and use that towards their advantage and kill them that way. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, the little girl, like, one of the girls in part four, she had asthma. Mm-hmm. And literally... He went up to her, was eating an apple before seeing her, and then uh, went up to her and he said this, time to suck. And he basically sucked lips with her and sucked her whole body yeah. dry. And, yeah, but that's the, that, that's, in, that's the problem that I have with the whole franchise after the first movie. Because he uses he uses punchy one-liners to make him a little less scary. Yeah, but they were you know? they were actually pretty clever and funny. But no, um, but when he would mm-hmm. suck her dry her in the dream, her whole mm-hmm. body was sucked into looking like a skeleton. In real life, not like that because she was trying to use her inhaler and her inhaler would not do anything because in the dream yeah. she's already dead. Mm-hmm. So literally it was kind of cool that it worked out that way. And just yeah, and but, another fear is also like uh, mm-hmm. one of the friends was afraid afraid of cockroaches, afraid of insects, yeah. and she died by morphing into an insect and then being crushed like one. That one was really weird to watch yeah. for me. That's that's another problem. I mean, like I said, the the killing scenes in the originals are creative. Yeah, I like it's the same reason why I liked the Halloween remake. He used different methods besides the knife. Mm-hmm. And he used, he essentially used some of his victims to lure other victims to the same, to, you know, And that's why I like him. Friday the 13th uh, um, killings, too, because Jason the used... Original? The original? All the originals of the, of the original Friday the 13th, 13th, because he would use ways to kill them, not just a machete. He would, he would take they, them in different ways that would be creative. They did the same thing, too, with the remake, which I feel like we should do that as our next remake debate episode, the Friday the 13th. Yeah, but... Although, I don't know if you would call the remake a remake or because like a reboot. Because in the, ri- in the original, because it's a reboot because it's not like the original, because in the original, it was the mother that killed. Well, no, because if you watch... Okay, I, I feel like we're getting a bit off topic because we're supposed to be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, but yeah, if you... If you've watched the remake to Friday the 13th, the opening scene is flashbacks from the ending of the first movie. I mean, not not scenes pulled originally, but it's the same ending. Yeah, but you don't see... The mother lures the girl 
or chased her to the lake. Mm-hmm, and exactly. the girl uses the machete to chop her head off. And that's how we end the opening scene and transition into quote-unquote present day timeline. Well, before we go back but, into Nightmare on Elm Street, I have to say yes. that in that remake, sure, it was like with the mother, she she was you know showing that scene where she got killed. Yeah. But that's it. There's nothing else more with the mother within that movie. So it really but, had nothing but the to mother, do with it. But the mother becomes the focal point of what drives Jason to kill in the first... Like, that's the reason why he abducted that girl Whitney, who Jared Padalecki's character's yeah. brothers or sisters I, with. Yeah, but we're not going to do the review of both yeah, of them. This, so. this is not that review yet. I'm sorry we got off topic, but let's get back to Nightmare on Elm Street. So, so yeah. I like the remake. I like its darkness. I like its direction. I like... I just like how they approached it. Mm -hmm. And also, not to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago, but Platinum Dunes also produced the Friday the 13th remake, which I'm interested to cover next time, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, no. I don't want to. But (laughs) I I like the different direction. I know Wes Craven wasn't too thrilled about not being consulted with the, exactly. the production of the movie. Mm-hmm. But Robert and Gulland, you know, was supportive of it. He even, you know, was excited to see Jackie Earl Haley. Wait, Robert England? Yeah. Here, was, I have did a Did you quote. say Robert Engoen? Yeah. That, that's how his name is pronounced, I think. It's Robert England. It is Robert England. You know what? It's Leave Eng- me alone. Yeah, but you're pronouncing it with an A when it's clearly a U. Anyway. Whatever. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Robert Englund, who portrayed Freddy in the previous eight films, voiced his support of the remake and the casting of Haley in the role of Freddy. So, ha! Really? Because I remember in the videos, he didn't like it. <laughs> anyway, it, box office success made it the second highest grossing film in the franchise behind Freddy vs. Jason, which was released in 2003. Was it really that successful in the box office? Well... Let's be honest. Freddy vs. Jason didn't exactly save the franchise of both Nightmare mm. on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. So, what does that tell you? I don't know. Either they're lying. Well, another quote I wanted to read. It from the Hollywood Reporter announced that Samuel Bayer was hired to direct the film. And Bay expressed... Quote, it's definitely not a standard slasher film. This is a movie that you can mention to people and their jaws drop. Because of that franchise that a character had a profound effect on their childhood, I hear things like, Freddy scared the hell out of me. What everyone involved wants to do is reinvent the character for a new generation. Which I believe he did, and like I said, in the different direction that he took. He, he didn't make him so much as a child killer, but a child molester. Which, like I said, it's it's scary to think about. If you're a parent, you know how terrifying it is. Not just to lose your child, but for your child to go through something as traumatic as that. And, like I said, it's one of the reasons why I like remakes. Is when they, they, they put things like that in your face to remind you like this is the real horrors of the world like it's not just you know like the jasons or the michael myers or the freddies that you got to worry about it's people like john wingacy or even fred and rosemary west or the ian brady's and myra henley's like th- those are the type of people you need to worry about and 
they may look like everyday people, but you don't know. And that's why I liked the backstory of Freddy. Like I said, he looked like an everyday person that you wouldn't suspect to be doing that to children. Yeah. I think that's creative. It's creative and it tells the story in a different way that we don't see in a lot of other movies. I mean, in movies, when things like that happen, they're a little bit more obvious in their looks. Mm-hmm. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example. The whole family mm-hmm. in that thing. Like, obviously, you can, they dress them up and they dirty them up to make them look like bad people. It's a little more obvious. But if it's a plain clothes, everyday Joe, like that. Well, I mean, that makes it, sense, It too. puts a different spin on things. I don't know. But you know what? We all we both have our own opinions about the original and the remakes. You I know. know. We, we keep it with that. And I love the, the original. I always will. The remake is okay. It's not in my favorite favorites. And just, I don't know. It's just like, never knock off the original. If if it's good, if for me, if the original is good, there's no need to do a remake. I mean, I get it. It's for a whole new generation. But just, if anything, for the whole new generation, just watch the original. You know, instead of trying to remake something that wasn't even damaged or bad. And just just keep it that way. You know? I know, but the original came out in 84, right? Yeah, and it's not... Re- and you know what's funny? For a movie that came out in it's 30, it's 37 years. 36 years. Okay, so you've had 36 years of newer movies coming out that changed the way horror movies are made, projected, and created. And people get... like Honestly, when I first watched the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, the whole franchise, I did it in one sitting... And I was, I think, 16 or 17, and this was back in, oh, God, hang on. Here we go. Sorry, give me one minute. Well, I was 20 in 19, in 2009, so you were 16 then. Yeah, 16, 17 would have been 2009, 2010. So when I watched the whole franchise, the original in one sitting. What, I, the Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. I thought it was really campy. I mean, like I mean, like I said, of its time, the effects probably weren't there, the makeup wasn't there, the the whole concept itself, what probably wasn't there. But there were things about it that did make it a little scary. But I feel like by that point, after seeing all the mo- horror movies that I have seen over the years, it almost desensitizes you when you go to watch something like that for the first time ever. Hmm. See, like if you were, you were born in eighty nine, yes. right? And when was the first time you watched it? First time I watched it, I was about 13, 14, around there. 13, 14. Yeah. I was, so what, well, was I was, your, what was your first impression of the whole franchise itself? Uh, the first impression I had, mm-hmm. uh, especially for watching the first one, because I remember I rented it from Blockbuster years and years ago. And watching it was just like... This is weird. Like, that's all I could think of. And it was weird. And it was just like the music of it really made it more scary. And that's what I loved about it. Because sometimes things like music can really tense up, like, Mm -hmm. the situation and make things, like, crazy. And that's what I loved about it, too, is the music of the movie. Also, the score, um, just Frezzy, Freddy's presence of the movie, of of how he sounded. Because he evolved a lot, especially in his talking. Like, in his talking... He definitely sounded a lot different than he did in the other movies. Mm-hmm. Like, especially towards the end, he had that really low growl type of voice. You mean in the original? In the original, yeah. That well, yeah, because he was burned again. 
Yeah, and just and, and just even and just and and even in the beginning of it, he had this very high pitch kind of like, "Hey, Nancy," like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I but thought see, that was... that's the difference again between the original and the remake. Where is Freddie was a burned man, but still had like his natural speaking voice, whereas Jackie Earl Haley's rendition, it. Everything about him was burned, which made his voice more grovelly and raspy. Yeah. And in a sense, when he delivered his lines, made it more terrifying. Especially, like, mm. he, he even redoes a couple of punchy lines from the original. And even the Freddy vs. Jason. Like, you're in my world now. And, like, yeah. like that the raspy voice, when he delivers it, it kind of br- brings a bit of a chill but it's like, oh, that's that's definitely a scarier take than. I think the, f- the scariest, original. I think the scariest thing I've heard Freddie say when I was a kid, especially in the original, mm-hmm. was when he was on the phone. He was like, "I'm your boyfriend now," like that. Like he did that yeah. in the remake too. And I thought that was fucking horrifying because in the original, yeah, and that yeah. scared the hell out of me. And then the tongue thing came out of nowhere. I'm just like, what well, the yeah. fuck? <laughs> that's that's something about the original. That kind of makes you think. Because here's the thing. She she unplugs the phone and throws it on the bed. Yeah. And it starts to ring. Mm-hmm. And then she picks it up and Freddie's voice is on the receiver. And he's like, "You're my, like I'm your boyfriend that, now. Yeah. But here's the thing. If she's awake, how is that happening then? Well, I mean, I feel Cause, like cause he at, could probably at, switch. I don't know. I don't. Because at no point in time did they ever indicate that she was already asleep or sleeping. That's a good one. And wa- like walking, like those micro naps in the remake. Maybe they were trying to do micro naps. To That's another there. plot hole we need to discuss. Yeah. What if they were trying to do micro naps in the original? In the they original, they don't. They don't discuss those. They don't. But I feel like those little situations, especially with the phone thing, that kind of feels like a micro nap. Yeah, but they never mention micro naps. Like I, I said, the yeah. the original took a more spiritual cultural sense of dreams and interpretations about them whereas the remake took a more realistic scientific approach Mm. like this is what happens after 70 hours of no sleep your body goes into things like micro naps is where you're dreaming but you don't realize you're sleeping yeah you know like that kind of thing has a more realistic approach and it's like oh shit like it almost kind of makes you want to try that out actually because that's pretty messed up but the other scary thing about it, too, is he says after about maybe a week or so without sleep is when you finally sleep, you never wake up. Well, here's the thing I'm going to say. just Which before... is what Freddy was going for all along the remake. Here's, anyway. Here's what whatever. I'm going to say before we finish up here. All right. Especially with the thing that really got to me was when Johnny Depp character was in the movie and he was walking with nancy on the bridge mm-hmm. and talking about how you know dream stream like things are just kind of like happen when you know um you remember he, what the about the um, hang on, hang they on. grown to so we tried looking it up and we can't really figure out what exactly the the concept Glenn was trying to explain was, but we did find something interesting upon our research. So we found out that the the way Johnny Depp got the role for Glenn, he went to accompany Jackie Earl Haley 
for an audition. Yeah, they accompany each other. Yeah. To the audition. Yeah. And Johnny Depp got the role. Because he looked over kind of, he looked way better. I mean So how ironic is that? Yeah. That the guy who would go on to play Freddy in the remake was originally auditioning for Glenn's role. Which in I the think original. was kind of a smart smart idea for the for the for the movie company to do that. So yeah, like like we said, they they turn to a more eastern religion uh, Eastern religious type of uh, direction with yeah. how with how dreams work and how you can conquer your dreams. Exactly. Whereas this one in the remake, it was just okay. He's he's some sort of like per, like entity that's just haunting all of our dreams. Yeah. And the connection is that they all went to this preschool and they were all in some way affected by this person. So he's kind of like a realistic boogeyman. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like in the original, there's Eastern Europe-like boogeyman, and then this one is just more of a realistic boogeyman. Yeah, and, and the thing I don't understand about the original is that if if the parents are the ones who killed him, but he, but he had no actual physical connection with the kids why doesn't he just go after the parents then well he just thought it'd be better just to get revenge on them by going after the things that they love as their children well yeah and i guess it does go and coincide with his whole shtick which is being a child killer so it makes sense and he was a child he was the springfield uh, the springfield slasher but i feel like too it's like obviously they don't believe that it has any connection with freddie like, like they think it's strange that they all know about him through their dreams, but they, at the same time, it's like you shouldn't know about him. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't even be mentioning his name. And you know what? I'll give like, you a fun fact too. It almost defeats the purpose, though. That I know, but let right. me let me give you a fun fact. Sure. Especially before while before we're done here. Okay. Um, in the original, when they were actually going to examine her brain like the doctor oh the, the the sleep test the sleep test yes the guy who was in charge of the sleep test is the same dude that played roger rabbit and who framed roger rabbit how is that a fun fact and why is that worth mentioning because it's it's the same dude that played roger rabbit it's crazy that <laughs> it, it's it's crazy that no one no one probably talk about going off topic. No one knew that was him, but it was him, and he was in this in this low budget horror movie before it became popular. And then, like you know, years later, he four years later he becomes Roger Rabbit. Talk about going off topic. Talk about going off topic. Has no has no actual importance to the conversation. I think it did because it's fucking Roger Rabbit. He's in Nightmare on Elm Street. See how well we like prioritize our information. I actually try to relate things to the movies that we're discussing and colin's like oh this guy used to be on who framed roger rabbit shut up (laughs) i'm just saying well you know what i have some fun facts so it doesn't matter so anyway that was a good one everyone's gonna get their mind blown now so yeah anyways but the point is we should probably finish up here okay we should probably wrap this up so what's your overall conclusion to the debate Overall conclusion is that you should never fuck with the original. I mean, sure, sometimes a remake is good and everything, depending on what it is. But overall, there are movies you don't fuck with. You don't fuck with Clash of the Titans. You don't fuck with... Which they Kar- already did that. Yes. You don't fuck with Karate Kid. Which, which they, they already, already did. With, you know, the, the one from 2010. Yeah. And you don't fuck with Nightmare on Elm Street. 
wish they did. My but, con- my conclusion is that the remakes may not be popular, but I feel like if done correctly, then and it's in, good. In, in a right way, they can be retold in a much better a new generation who has become desensitized of 30 plus years of horror movies because look Mm. we've got movies like the conjuring or sinister Mm -hmm. those movies given their time are terrifying even hereditary and midsummer those are psychologically terrifying just like how wicker man and all them so when you compare all those to the original Mm mm-hmm they're not going to hold, like, the original's not going to hold up. So when you do a remake for a fresh new audience, you got to get it to hold their attention. And you got to make it something worth talking about. Yeah. However, <laughs> that cannot be said for other remakes who may have not done that too good. And we're, we'll get, like I said, we'll get into that in another episode. But I feel like that concludes my statement. And yes. And that also concludes my statement also, and also the debate that we have today. All right, so that was today's episode. And before we completely sign off, I just want to mention our plat- our social media platforms. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Abby Normal Podcast. Mm-hmm. We still have the Twitter account, mm-hmm. also at Abby Normal Podcast, uh-huh. if you want to go follow us on Twitter. Yeah. I don't... How is the Facebook page holding up? Because I've deactivated my Facebook account, so I don't know how it's Actually, going. I forgot that's still up. Um, that's up, apparently. So you can go check us out on Facebook at the if, Abby Normal Facebook page. Which, it's not really much going on there, but yeah. Subscribe to our channel or Yes, please subscribe show. to us. You know, enjoy our talks. We're, we're on Spotify, I Apple. Can, I wish we can do that thing where we can have people call in. Like, do yeah. like some nice call-in question stuff. I think that'd be cool. We'll definitely probably try to do a Q&A at some point. But I would love to do a Q&A. Next week's episode, we're going to take a different... We're going to take a different approach to what we usually do. I think yep. this time we'll be talking about us mostly. Well, we're going to do a fun little quiz. Yes, we will. We'll do another game that you all like to hear from us before. Yes, it's going to be a different quiz. Which if they we'll, loved. We'll go over next week. Yeah. We already have a fun little wager play, like set up for this, as we usually do with our quizzes. So. Yes. That's going to get cut out. You know that, right? I fucking love that. Come no. on. All right. Anyway. Fine. All right. But today has been a fun episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off saying, welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>